I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. It's time to get outside. This is KSL Outdoors. Brought to you by Trax Power Sports Rentals. Two hours of stories and information on hunting, fishing, and high adventure. KSL Outdoors with Tim Hughes on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Good morning and welcome to a brand new day. It is a cold one. And uh, going to be that way for a while. That's sort of the byproduct of all this snow, these storms that have been uh, coming one right after another for the past uh, week or so. We've got some very cold air on the back end of this. And uh, the next chance of precipitation looks like it'll be coming our way midweek next week with uh, maybe more in the valley, more in the, the uh, mountains, certainly, but just been pounding, which is fantastic news for uh, the state of Utah, for skiers in general, but for anybody that uh, has been worried about our water situation doesn't solve all the problems, but it is the start we needed to the season, and we'll keep our fingers crossed that it continues. Again, a reminder, we're recording this program on Thursday. Tim Hughes in the broadcast studios of uh, KSL News Radio in downtown Salt Lake City at the Triad Center. Russ Smith a bit under the weather again this week, so it's uh, just me and Navidomskis, at least for the first part <laughs> of the program, uh, who got a little break. You got... A two-hour delay starting to class today, which sort of missed up our re- recording a bit midday, but uh, you're out for lunch now. That's good news. Yeah, it messes up everything. I mean, everything's an adjustment. I was in the middle of lecture when the bell rings. I forget the classes are now shorter. <laughs> so, yeah, it messes everything up, but it, it was welcome. I, we had eight inches again in our yard last night. So there's no question here in Davis County. We've just been pummeled. Yeah, and uh, love it, love it. By the way, I'm not complaining. No, our snow totals always come from Alta, which you know through the years. Right, and I noticed that they have received to date. Now, this isn't what's on the ground, but uh, for the official season, now they've received over 200 inches. They got over 50 inches uh, since Sunday of this past week, and uh, they're talking about adding to it here uh, probably Tuesday, Wednesday of this coming week. And they're, so, by um, the way, getting, they're getting Tim, close to the century mark, 90-some inches. Yeah, but my question is when they say the season, when, what day is that? Uh, that's a good question, and I think they actually start the water year in uh, late September, early October, somewhere in there. Okay. So uh, those totals go back that far, but... All good news as far as our precipitation goes. And as I mentioned a minute ago, we need a lot more of it. It's going to have to keep this up for another two or three months for it to really do us any good. But for now, we'll just enjoy it, right? Right. Well, everybody needs the water, and I think people are well aware of that now. But it's very interesting when they talk about the skiers, you know, on the news and the weather, like where there's foreign people that actually live here, but nobody (laughs) knows anybody, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, we sound like a, a breed of our own or something, but we're just regular citizens who live here because of this wonderful white stuff. I'll tell you, the difference maker, too, is for not just the resorts, but the hotels, the restaurants, uh, car rentals, you name it, uh, airlines, for everybody that's coming in. And when we get dumped on early in the season like this, people start making their uh, vacation plans during the holidays to come here and everything t- really takes off for the season, which is great for our tax base, too. Every time they put on the news, Salt Lake's getting hit and this big storm, that's such good news. Everybody's like so excited. They're calling their travel agent. Yeah. Now the downside to all of this, and that is the danger of avalanches. We're going to be talking with uh, Craig Gordon in the next half hour. He's been knocking on my uh, email door for a while now saying, we really got to get on and talk about this because they're very concerned. They've actually uh, blocked off some areas, not I don't mean with crime tape or something, but on a map, they've listed some areas which I've never seen before where they tell you just stay out of. We had a close call earlier this week of a 35-year-old man that was skiing in the Ness Canyon area, and I'm sure you saw the story. Uh, but he got caught in a slide. He had been screaming for help for about 45 minutes. And you want to talk about angels among us. There was a... Uh, an off-duty or maybe even a retired Unified Fire Authority EMT who was also recreating in the area and heard the man yelling, went and found him, started to dig him out, and then stayed with him through the whole process. But it took about eight hours because uh, in the area he was in, they couldn't lift him out, so they had to put all of these rescues, uh, rescue uh, helpers right in the path of a slide that still had not completely come down. So it was sketchy for a while. You know, that's not the only one we had. That was yesterday, by the way. And that, that man is heroic. He should be. We don't know his name. We talk about him as a hero, but we should know who he is because he really was exceptional. But also the day before, there was another rescue. Look, you would think that the people who do backcountry skiing have taken these classes and are incredibly aware if you haven't, do not consider this without having passed your class. I, rem- I remember my, my boys, of course, enjoy this. And so my wife, like, paid for their friends to get it because she realized if they're under the snow and their friends can't save them, then what good is a class for their son? Right. So she had to pay for theirs, too, because she wants her son saved. Well, and when you talk about the beacon, somebody has to have the other side of that. Right. So, right. Uh, yeah, uh, Gail, of course, working, working in the emergency room at Primary Children's Hospital, <laughs> she thinks right. of those things. Uh, you mentioned one other avalanche. I can tell you, in the two days leading up to that slide, which was 200 feet wide and a foot and a half to three feet deep, there have been 13 recorded avalanches in Utah uh, being caused by a skier, a snowboarder, or a snowmobiler. So uh, playing in the backcountry right after or during these storms right now with as much snow has been coming is uh, not really safe. You need to be careful and maybe just avoid it until things calm down a little bit. Right. You really don't want to be rude, but, like, if you talk to my son, who's very steeped, that's a good word for that. Yeah. Um, he he says it's not a time to be going. No. Uh, and that snow's still going to be there. Uh, right. You know, when things calm down. But you, you're you know, almost guaranteed you're going to come home unless you do something really stupid out there. So uh, anyway, good reminders, and we'll talk later uh, in this hour with Craig Gordon from the Utah Avalanche Center. 
Let me tell you what else is coming up today. Speaking of snow, we will go to uh, Park City. Emily McDonald will join us. They've got some uh, activities happening uh, leading up to the holidays. Matter of fact, today, as you are listening to this program, Santa is going to be coming down the town lift chair into uh, Park City proper which sort of uh, is, not sort of, it is a tradition, but it kind of kicks off the Christmas season up there in uh, Park City. So remember that at 5.30 tonight, they're going to have hot chocolate and treats at the bottom of the town lift, which is just a ton of fun. Oh, absolutely. That town lift, that is, uh, it it can be one of my favorite lifts just because of how nostalgic it is, seeing those old mining cars and you see the city from above it's epic look if you haven't been on a ski lift that's the one you should go on because it's so lovely we are also going to go out uh, and hopefully catch up i don't know if they'll be in cell range but they do have a satellite phone just in case mark and uh, bob are out hiking snow canyon today in southern utah he just sent me a picture of today's studio (laughs) it doesn't look anything like the uh conditions outside of broadcast house or in the mountains here in the north there's some red rock and some dry uh and lots of sunshine down that way so we'll look forward to them sharing some of their fun that's really something i wanted to talk about today um is just winter is not a time just to curl up and and uh you know stay indoors there are so many things navi you don't have to be a skier to do it um, you, you can be you know, try snowshoes, try cross country, get on a snowmobile, or just get out and hike a little bit with, uh, you know, within reason, obviously. We're just talking about not getting yourself into tough situations in the backcountry. But there's no reason. Uh, ice fishing, which we're going to talk about this morning with Randy Opplinger, there's a lot of outdoor options, even during the winter months. Oh, especially during the winter months. My fish bites today is going to talk about being in that river in the middle of winter. And by the way, it's cathartic. It's more than just fun fishing. It's good for you. It's absolutely good for you. You need this in your life, so stay tuned. Also want to throw this note out here before we run out of time later to do it, and we'll have some news and notes in a couple of minutes. But Sundance uh, Mountain Resort, was it yesterday? I got this uh, text. Anyway, uh, they have opened up some new terrain. Uh, they about 40 acres worth, and they put in a new lift that is uh, getting people onto a different part of the mountain down there. So even Sundance is expanding right now, and what a perfect year to do it with all of the snow that Mother Nature has provided. Four new runs, 15 acres of uh, novice and intermediate terrain just uh, south of Jake's Lift. There's lots of fun to be had up there for, uh, it sounds like, all ages of the family. You know, Tim, we need to get down to Sundance because we haven't skied there forever, And furthermore, what you're saying about new terrain, already at Park City, I've done two runs that I haven't skied for five years. Really? Yes, two runs already. Some of those those lifts were closed, weren't they, through the pandemic? Well, it wasn't the lifts. It was the runs. The runs just didn't have adequate snowpack because they can't make fake snow on everything. But because we have so much real snow, they open those up. And, oh, my gosh, I had fun last weekend skiing runs I hadn't skied for five years. Yeah. Uh, like starting all over again, the joy of getting out there and doing it. And uh, Mother Nature is really blessing us right now with all that white stuff. Got to take a break. We'll come back. We'll have some news of the week in just a minute. Uh, Craig Gordon joins us in the next half hour. Navi's already formulating his fish bites for you before we get to the top of the next hour when Randy Opplinger will join us and we'll talk about uh, ice fishing. Stay with us on KSL News Radio. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. 
And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Just a bit of news of the week here. Uh, Navi has stepped away to grab a bite to eat because he's limited on time today. As uh, we record here on a Thursday, they had a two-hour uh, snow delay starting school in the Davis district, so he's going to have to get back to class, but he'll join us for Fish Bites coming up. I, I'm sorry he's not here because I wanted to share these numbers with him, which I, sure, I was sure he'd be impressed with. The division just sent out some uh, information about all of the stocking that they did, variety of fish species uh, throughout Utah this past year. These numbers are crazy. They stocked a whopping 8,269,311 fish into 711 local water bodies. You wonder what these guys do, these guys and gals, uh, when you're not out there fishing? That's a total of 1.1 plus million pounds of fish. They also work to proactively change how we... Uh, how they stock fish to uh, help more of them survive during the ongoing drought. And we've had Randy Opplinger, who will join us again next hour, explain to us that part of that process was just growing them a little bit bigger to give these fish uh, more opportunities to survive after they get planted and, you know, so they don't get consumed by uh, other predators, which uh, is something. But those numbers, 8-plus million fish and 1.4 so uh, million pounds of fish, in 700 plus water bodies around the state that's just that's great work and you can look at some of these numbers if you'd like to on their page which is uh, wildlife.utah.gov for in- more information I want to talk birds for just a second here uh, these storms have really caused some problems for the migration patterns of one particular species the eared grebes many of these uh, water birds have crash landed uh, on an open area in iron and washington counties because they had mistaken them for bodies of water we get these kinds of stories from time to time that make you know mainstream news headlines uh, i remember it happening in a parking lot of a uh, i think it was a grocery store kind of a strip mall area where a bunch of birds just dive bombed in thinking that they were landing on water and it was just reflected you know basically skims of water it's happening now in Iron in Washington County. The other example of this is what happened up in uh, Boise on the campus of the Smurf Turf up there, right in the middle of their stadium. They had some birds that mistook the uh, blue turf area of the football field as a place for them to land. And many of them, uh, they need water to take off, which is one thing, but uh, they look for lakes and ponds along the way. And unfortunately, when they land on solid ground thinking it's water, they can be injured or even killed. But a large number of these birds uh, at the, crashing at the same time is more uncommon. And these were pretty big numbers down there in Iron County that uh, has gotten some attention this week. They want everybody to know that if you see one of these birds on the ground, dead or alive, to call the Cedar City or the Hurricane offices as uh, they can help remove or relocate these birds. And specifically, again, talking about these eared grebes that have kind of... Um, 
feathers on the side of their heads. They're black with red eyes. You'll be able to recognize them fairly uh, instantly. But uh, just a, a sad story. We hope that uh, their migration pattern uh, continues and these storms don't disrupt too many of them. And then one more note I wanted to pass along. New sections of the uh, Bonneville Shoreline Trail will be built in Salt Lake and Utah counties under some legislation that uh, made it through the House in uh, Washington, D.C. It was uh, something called the Bonneville Shoreline Trail Advancement Act that was uh, sponsored by Representative John Curtis. He proposed extending this trail, which I think right now is about 100 miles, and it could almost triple to like 280 miles if all of this gets done. The path will eventually run from the Idaho border to Nephi. They're going to fix some problems along the way, but they're also going to extend this path which uh, is really popular. We uh, have taken parts of it before on ATVs, and our border-to-border trip made its way onto some of uh, the Bonneville Shoreline Trail in the early stages of our trip several years ago where we went from Idaho down to uh, Arizona. But it's runners, hikers, bikers, uh, runs along the foothills on the west slopes of the Wasatch Mountains and the east slopes of the Ochre Mountains through Cache and, and Box Elder, Weber, Davis, Salt Lake, and Utah counties. Really is going to be nice to get it expanded and it will. Uh, this bill will release about 326 acres of wilderness that will de- be divided more than 20 small locations to accommodate the advancement of the trail in Salt Lake and Utah counties. It resolves a bit of a wildlife boundary issue in the Birch Canyon area to ensure that the trail runs parallel to the road and can be fully utilized uh, as a multi-use trail. And it designates 326 acres of wilderness to preserve land formerly owned by the Boy Scouts of America up in Mill Creek Canyon to offset some wilderness releases to accommodate the trail. Word is that Senator Romney uh, will give it support. Senator Lee is also uh, giving it support as it heads over to the Senate. So that's something to look forward to. It made some headlines, but... Usually when these things get talked about during the week in uh, the regular news cycle, we don't get to always hear all of the details of what is actually happening. But our thanks to Representative Curtis for uh, putting that forward and getting it passed in the House. We need to take a break. We'll get another news update on the half hour and then uh, talk about this extreme avalanche danger that is out there right now. Craig Gordon from the Utah Avalanche Center will join us coming up after the news. So stay with me. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts.